back to another episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle Evans, and this week we are talking about understanding the problem. You can't really fix it if you don't understand it. So this summer was brutal on our lawns in this neighborhood, and frankly, in our entire state. So we are in the state of Utah, and we are in one of the worst droughts in several decades. So in this week's newsletter, I have a picture showing the extreme drought across the state. And it has been extreme. It has been hot and dry and difficult. Uh, Thank goodness we are just about through the summer weather. But we have been suffering through, uh, again, one of the worst droughts in a long, long time. And Frankly, it will probably keep getting worse for the foreseeable future because we can't seem to collectively get our act together to fix things. And I'm not just talking about the climate. I'm talking about everything from how we produce to how we consume to how we interact with ourselves and our environment. But that is for another post and another episode and another soapbox. This episode is about our lawns because the drought brought on justifiable watering restrictions. We could only water twice a week for a limited amount of time, uh, which could be difficult for many lawns uh, throughout many different neighborhoods. And many lawns did in fact turn brown. Uh, Many homeowners thought that their dying grass was simply from the heat or the lack of water. And that could have partly been the case. Part of that was true. But another cause was sodworms. They were quietly feasting on the grass, unbeknownst to many, many distressed homeowners, as it would turn out. And while healthy grass could probably recover more easily from these sodworms, uh, stressed grass suffered a lot more from them. So before many people realized it, large chunks of their lawns were dying, uh, not drying out, but being eaten from the roots. And no amount of water was going to bring that back. And I still see the effects of that as I go and take our dog for a walk. Uh, There are many, many lawns with the patches of missing grass all throughout uh, our neighborhood. And as we drive through many different neighborhoods, it is the same case. Uh, We actually ran into this exact problem a few years ago with our lawn, and we've been treating it since then. So we were fortunately spared the difficulty of the sodworms because we learned that hard lesson Uh, several years ago when we lost uh, several patches of grass to sodworms. But many of our neighbors weren't as fortunate. They didn't realize it. And our working hypothesis is that because of the lower water levels throughout the state, uh, it spread more of the larva throughout the irrigation systems. So my dad, who has always kept an immaculate lawn, faced this challenge as well. And uh, I don't think I had ever seen 
the sodworm problem in their neighborhood before. We had faced it in our neighborhood, um, but I don't think I had ever seen it in theirs. And he thought he had a spot that was having some trouble because of the heat and the dryness of the summer. And none of us realized it, that it might be sodworms until we saw the first moths popping up in his yard, uh, which are the advanced stages of the sodworms. They turn into these little moths that as you walk through your lawn, they fly up. But by then it was very late in the game, almost too late. So he ended up having to reseed a big spot on his lawn. So what does this all come down to? Uh, it comes down to understanding the actual problem. If we don't understand the problem, we can't hope to find the right solution. With our lawns, the real problem wasn't the heat or the lack of water. That was part of the problem. I was able, but I was able to keep a thriving lawn with far less water than I've ever used before and the same heat as everyone, which as a side note was awesome. I look forward to using less water every year and to keep a, hopefully a really healthy lawn for our kids to continue to play in. Uh, so anyone who thought it was simply the heat or drought missed the real problem. The biggest problem was the sodworm hidden from view, eating the roots and killing the grass. It looked very much like drought stricken grass, but it wasn't. So the solution of adding more water wouldn't do anything uh, to really treat a lawn, fix it and bring it back to health. A homeowner or whoever is taking care of that grass had to take care of the bugs eating the roots and then start to add seed and water and other solutions. But getting to the heart of the issue first is critical and was critical. So what about our users? For those of us in technology, uh, building products, making technology, making things like that, much like our lawns, we have to understand the true nature of our users' problems in order to create suitable solutions. I've talked about this in the past and about doing this. Uh, so let me give a couple of examples. On a team I worked with, we had the request for an export button as a feature. A user wanted to be able to export data from our application to Excel. Uh, that probably seems straightforward. And frankly, we get that request all the time on almost every product team and within most features and applications. Users want to export data and that's understandable and good, uh, but we didn't stop with accepting simply that. We dug into the reasons why. Why did they need an export button? What were they doing with the data? What were they trying to achieve with the information? After exploring those questions, we understood much better what our user was trying to achieve. It wasn't about an export button, but was ultimately about getting the data from our system into another system they used. They also pulled in data from other applications they used and cross-referenced all of that information. So they were looking for an integration and ultimately for insights across platforms. So an export is a good start, but if we didn't dig deeper, we would have missed valuable insights that helped us create a better product and an experience for that user and other users. And we understood how they were using our product and other products in their businesses. Uh, so that was, that was really, really important to us. 
uh, both in building our product and making it better. That's often the case with data and information. Everyone wants data, but they're ultimately looking for insights to drive better decisions and better outcomes for their teams and, and their business. So how can you help them achieve that? In another scenario, we had a set of users who wanted different dashboards. And I love dashboards. I think they're great. But often we use them when we don't know what we're trying to uncover. We hope that having lots of data will show something to us. Sometimes it might, and sometimes it may just create lots of noise. So we dove into the underlying questions that our users were hoping to answer. What did they hope to get out of additional dashboards in our product? Uh, what would be the most relevant information? Uh, what would they do with that information? What actions could they take in their business if they knew XYZ thing? Uh, once we got to the heart of the problems that they were trying to solve, it wasn't a dashboard. It wasn't always a dashboard that made the most sense. Sometimes it was better monitoring and alerts when something went wrong, both on our side and theirs. Uh, if that was the specific question that they were trying to answer. Sometimes it was setting up some of the tools we already had in place. And sometimes it was something entirely different based on the actual question or outcome they were trying to drive. But it all started with understanding the genuine problem. Without that, we would have had no way to create meaningful solutions for our users. So like the sodworms, destroying our lawns. Often the actual problems of our users are hidden beneath the surface, even for them. We have to ask questions, probe, and get to the core before we can create solutions. If we try to add water without addressing the real problem, we may create temporary fixes, but we won't, but they won't be long-term solutions. And we'll end up spinning our wheels again and again. So rather than stopping with the superficial, Get to the heart of the problems with your users and your customers. Understand why they have a problem. What are they trying to accomplish? And what outcomes are they ultimately trying to create? Then you can do something far more meaningful than an export button. Uh, so that is our show today and our newsletter for this week, Understanding the Problem. You can't really fix it if you don't understand it. Uh, if you liked this, don't forget to uh, follow us, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can listen to new episodes as they come out. Uh, also, check out the written form newsletter at productthinking.cc where you can get the free uh, bi-weekly or fortnightly, whichever you prefer, newsletter. Uh, or yeah, you can upgrade to the paid version and support what I'm doing uh, with some additional uh, newsletters each month, uh, or just leave a tip, link in the show notes. Uh, as always, uh, appreciate you. You can follow me on social media at Kyle Larry Evans, and we'll talk to you again soon.